0: And discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do And you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from Timcast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. The man who attacked Paul Pelosi last year has testified that it was right-wing conspiracies driven by Gamergate that resulted in his plot to break into the Pelosi's home and to prove corruption. You see, his plan was simple. He wanted to kidnap Nancy Pelosi, force her to confess to corruption on camera and post it on the Internet. And he said he wanted to send a message to members of Congress that there are consequences for corruption. It's rather insane, if you ask me. But we're all big fans of the mainstream media. So let me just say, Paul Pelosi, who was accused of trying to buy drugs from a man in San Francisco in a deal that went wrong, was, uh, uh, you get the point, as the media does. Yes, Paul Pelosi was accused of doing such a thing. There's no strong evidence for it. Just, I don't know. Circumstance and people wondering why it is that this guy was able to get into his house. There was no security detail, and the story doesn't really add up. And now, quite conveniently, what the media is reporting is that DePap went on the stand and said, James Lindsay, Glenn Beck, and Tim Poole, that he was watching these podcasts and then got angry about corruption. But you know what? Look, man, my attitude on all this is I don't believe it. Don't know, don't care. I just don't believe it. This guy, oh, it's so convenient. That all of a sudden he's coming out and claiming like Glenn Beck and James Lindsay, me and many others were inspirational or that's what he was listening to. It's a absurd nonsense. It's a meaningless thing they add to these stories because they're trying to drum up traffics by including our names in it and things like this. Because the reality is, yeah, each and every one of us have quite literally said that the things this guy does or did or is accused of doing is the, is the opposite of victory. So it's, it's, it's just I find it fascinating that this is the narrative that's emerging a year later in testimony, because once again, James Lindsay's like core point is your reaction is their goal. And so if you have a guy like him or me who are like, violence is the opposite of success. Engaging in violent action is costing us. And the fact is we are winning. Well, hold on. Why would someone who listens to these podcasts actually go out and do something like this? Doesn't seem to make sense. Now, the simple answer, of course, Occam's razor was suggest this guy's nuts. And that's simply put. But of course, now the leftist narrative is to try and poison the well and make the argument that if you listen to Glenn Beck, me, many others, it's not just us, you know, but those are the names I'm using. Uh, if you listen to us, that we're somehow inspiring these people to do these crazy things, which is, once again, if I make video after video after video where I'm like, we are winning. So we need to double down on get out the vote initiatives. We're winning the culture war. We're winning politically. MAGA uh, candidates are, are, are storming the gates. Matt Gaetz is winning. Why would anyone in their right mind be like, well, guess I better go do something crazy. Certainly, that's not what this show would actually inspire someone to do. In the meantime, what do we actually have? Far left extremists in Atlanta with, with sharpened tools and uh, weapons, gas masks, were, uh, 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 well, the police held a press conference about how residents were terrified of these far left extremists. But, Lo, we don't get these major breaking stories about these press conferences. No, it's in fact this one guy. Which brings me to what Stephen Marsh said on the Culture War podcast when he said that there are more seditionists on the right than the left. And I said, what's your metric? He said, court cases. Okay, my friend. You know, when the media is not picking up these stories, when we are not seeing charges uh, 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 commensurate with the offenses from the left, then sure, if that's your metric, it's one of the most naive things imaginable. And anyone who takes a critical lens to this is going to be like, wait, 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 hold on. Glenn Beck? Look, I got to be honest. Glenn is like, uh, no, no. with all due respect to Glenn, he's tepid. That's <laughs> the best way I can put it. Uh, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean, he is a very calm guy as he talks about these things. And the solution Brought up by all of these podcasts, typically and overwhelmingly, is vote. Rather interesting. But here's what I want to do. I want to show you the current state of this country and what the focus is of the corporate press. Now, to be fair, not every outlet is bringing up every single name. Most of the outlets don't mention me at all. I think I only found one news outlet that actually mentioned me as someone named in the testimony. But hey, you know, here we are. I'm uh, entering history, I guess. It's a very weird position to be in. But James Lindsay seems to be the 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 bigger name in all of this. I think they're arguing that DePap listened to, uh, well, the issue was this guy claimed he was concerned about groomers in schools and things of this nature, and that's why they're bringing up James Lindsay. But once again, James Lindsay's like principal argument nonstop all day, every day is your reaction is the target's uh, goal. And if that's the case, I don't know who listens to James Lindsay and is like, hmm, They're trying to get me to act out so they can use it as propaganda to try and win back the culture war. I guess I'll help the left. Interesting. But you know, you know what I will say? I will say to all of these, I get all these these leftists are like, don't forget that, you know, Tim Pool inspired this, that or otherwise. Uh, I just don't care. I'll show you the quote from Media Matters about the Texas incident where the guy posted the clips on the show. I'm like, dude, you can try and play this game all day and night where you're like a crazy person Listen to Tim Pool. And I'm going to be like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. And a lot of sane people listen to me too. Yeah, dude, when you have like 60 to 100 million downloads per month, a lot of people are listening to me. Are we going to go and complain about everybody in Canada or the UK who listens to me as well? I just quite literally don't care at all because my message is clear. We're winning. We're winning the culture where the Marvels is bombing, Bud Light's tanking, everybody's making fun of Target, Sound of Freedom, Richmond, North of Richmond, and Donald Trump storming the polls. Why would anyone in their right mind who listens to this show or any other people in a similar space be like, well, guess I have to go and give ammunition to the left? Sorry, I don't buy it. Here's the story, though. Man accused of attacking Paul Pelosi with a hammer testifies he was drawn to right wing conspiracies by Gamergate. Ah, the 10 year old boogeyman is back. The man accused of attacking former U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband with a hammer last year told jurors at his federal trial Tuesday how he went to the Pelosi's San Francisco home as part of a bigger plan to end corruption in the United States. David DePapp spoke for more than an hour in which he tearfully recounted how his political leanings went from leftist to right wing after reading a comment on a YouTube video about former President Donald Trump. He did not deny bludgeoning Paul Pelosi saying he reacted after realizing his larger plan might be unraveling. Testimony wrapped up later Tuesday with closing arguments expected Wednesday. has pleaded not guilty to attempted kidnapping of a federal official. And uh, uh, really, their, their argument was trying to kidnap Pelosi, but she wasn't there. An assault on an immediate family member. Uh, yeah, I, I say lock this guy up. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I really don't care what the argument is. This guy should be locked up. His attorneys argue that he was not seeking to go after Nancy Pelosi because of her official duties as a member of Congress. And so the charges do not fit. I disagree. I mean, what? The guy testified he did. The attack happened October 28th, 2022, just days before the midterm. How convenient. I'm sorry, dude. Look, I'm not arguing there's a conspiracy. I'm just saying like there's no sane person who listens to any of our shows and is like, we're winning. Guess I better go and commit an act of violence literally before a midterm election. What <laughs> it makes no sense. Uh, look, I'm going to say this. I'm not arguing that this guy had deeper motives. He's certainly crazy and he can say these things, but this is laughable. And so let this be the example to each and every one of you, right? The point is, uh, don't do these things because we are winning and by a lot. Now, of course, the left controls a lot of cultural institutions and they have a stronghold in certain offices in law enforcement. And for this reason, a lot of people on the right are like, no, we're not. We're losing. Stop. Like, dude, I'm sorry, man. Just because you don't own the entire battlefield, just because you may not own the majority of the battlefield, does not mean you're losing, okay? Here's the way I want to put it. Let's imagine a football field, okay? And you've got a team that is being pushed back. You know, they're, 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 they're in the red zone closer to, like the, the opposing team has gotten them close to the, they're, they're in the red zone. And I'm not a big football guy, so, so uh, bear with me. And then the, the, the defending team intercepts the ball and starts making gains in the other direction. They have begun to win. It doesn't mean they own. It doesn't mean they're past the halfway mark. It doesn't mean they own everything. It means we have watched consistently over the past year the advancing of our team. We are starting to win. The score is 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 zero zero in this analogy, and because it's not about whether or not you are at the end, you, you have touchdowns or not. My point is this: they've pushed us all the way back into uh, uh, towards our 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 uh, end zone, and now. We've begun to take back that ground and push forward consistently. Now, imagine if you're nearing the 50 yard line, your team's gaining ground and we're like, let's go, baby. And then all of a sudden, one of the players on your team starts screaming about how, you know, corrupt their team is and then starts chucking hammers at people. You'd be like, what are you doing? We're gaining. We're about we're, we're winning. Like we're gaining back. What are you doing? That's why it doesn't make sense. But you know what? I can tell you what makes sense. People are insane. And for that reason, These narratives are nonsense. Like the the reality is crazy people exist and they're going to do crazy things. I can show you all the evidence of the far left doing crazy things. And then this is what I'll tell you what happens. The left is going to highlight stories like this and use it as justification, try and win political favor. The right is going to use many other stories for similar reasons. And and the tribal war, the culture war will continue. That's just it. This guy's crazy. He should be locked up. But who he listened to doesn't really matter. It's the actions that he, he partakes in. When we look at Antifa, engaging in extremist acts and terrorist acts, and then they're not charged, by the way. Uh, The media doesn't come out and be like, can you tell us who you were listening to online? It never seems to happen. But I'd be willing to bet you're going to get a lot of Hassan Piker, things like that, or the Young Turks, perhaps. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S., with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast-growing trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day alive and thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online He said DePap went to the Pelosi's home to talk to Pelosi about Russian involvement in the 2016 election and that he planned to wear an inflatable unicorn costume and upload his interrogation of her online. Sounds like a sane man. Prosecutors say he had rope and zip ties. DePap testified that he was going to get Pelosi and other targets to admit to their corruption. And then he wanted Joe Biden to pardon them all. It's just easier giving them a pardon so we can move forward as a country. In testimony, he said, where's Nancy? He said, uh, 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 Paul said he was eventually able to call the police from his cell phone. When officers arrived, he was hit with a hammer. DePap said he he felt really bad for Pelosi after hearing testimony about the damage to his skull. I mean, it's it's horrifying. He was never my target. Defense attorney Jody Linker told jurors last week that DePap believed he was taking action to stop government corruption, the erosion of freedom in the United States, and the abuse of children by politicians. He testified that he was first drawn to right-wing conspiracies after learning about Gamergate. An online harassment campaign against women in the video gaming community that took place about a decade ago. You know, what's really, really funny is how PBS still calls Gamergate that. The lightest, f- fairest interpretation is it was Gamergate was a, a scandal involving the, 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 the gaming industry and, and, and the gaming community that resulted in widespread animosity. There's a lot more complicated issues related to it, but it was not a harassment campaign that's just an obvious lie. But of course, this is what they do. They lie. A harassment campaign against women in the video game community. That's so, so funny. That took place a decade ago. He said he often played video games up to six hours a day while listening to political podcasts. So he heard about one of his targets, a University of Michigan professor from conservative. <laughs> yes, conservative James Lindsay. Sure conservative commentator James Lindsay. It, 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 I'm just I love this. James Lindsay, I'm, I'm pretty sure is a PhD uh, uh, professor, but uh, I digress. The takeaway I got is that she wants to turn our schools into pedo factories. Oof, Yikes. The professor testified that some of her writings have been misconstrued if fit a narrative against the gay movement. You see what they're doing here? Like this whole thing is just quite literally prop. Like, I'm sorry, man. This is purely advantageous. What I think is a crazy guy did a crazy thing. And you've got ideologues in the cult that are like, let's drive the narrative as hard as we can, because the media reporting should be like, guys, don't take anything he's saying seriously. He's nuts. But poison the well, poison the well. So he said he was going to uh, break Nancy Pelosi's kneecaps. Insane. Here's a story from uh, CBS News. This one actually references many others, including uh, me. And uh, Glenn Beck. DePap said he mainly watched YouTube videos and listened to podcasts from the likes of Tim Pool, Glenn Beck, and conservative media outlets. He described his worldview as taking up a battle against a sinister cabal of government officials, celebrities, and pedos driving the country to ruin, echoing baseless QAnon diatribes. Well, I think it's funny because anybody who, who actually watches this show knows that Tim Pool is nothing more than a toast fence sitter. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, you may have seen the image I posted yesterday. This, uh, this, I think this really exemplifies what the left cult is. I posted pictures from Target of what is known as black paraplegic Santa Claus. It is an ornament you can buy of a black Santa Claus who's in a wheelchair. And I said, WTF, I can't believe this is real. The response on the left has been to accuse me of being a Christian, (laughs) which I'm not, and to claim that I'm so outraged by it. Outraged? I think it's hilarious. I want to order a whole bunch of them. But that's the point. It's a cult. You've got uh, Pink, the singer claiming that MAGA cultists are coming after her because she wants to give out banned books in Florida. The response from people who uh, are not MAGA cultists, uh, but anti-woke are saying, we're talking about adult images. And she goes, prove it. And then people started sending her all these images of adult materials that are banned. And then she goes, ha, the MAGA cultists are so mad. You see, this is the thing. These people are in a cult. That's just really it. When there, there, there is a disparate group of individuals that people call the far right or conservative. And that includes me, who's a traditional liberal and not a Christian conservative. And then there's uh, conservatives and libertarians. My favorite, One of my favorite moments is when Dave Smith, the libertarian comedian, was on Kennedy on Fox News. And someone said, you Trump supporters, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, I don't like Trump at all. But they, they're they blind to this. So this is what we get. Anyone who counters the lies from these individuals, of course, is right wing. But the reason why I bring up the target thing is that on Reddit, there's a bunch of posts that I find absolutely wonderful. And uh, I found this because I was actually trying to find the the thing on target about I wanted to buy some uh, black paraplegic Santa Claus ornaments because I think they're hilarious. And uh, I see these Reddit posts where they're like, whatever happened to love thy neighbor, these Christians, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you got all that from me saying, I can't believe this is real. What? <laughs> like, I think it's hilarious. And I actually said the free market shall provide. And if people want representation with a black paraplegic Santa Claus, I'm all for it. Let them buy it. My my question is, does Target actually think there's a large enough demographic to buy this? The reality is Target is actually selling this to white liberal women and not black paraplegic individuals. But my point is this. It's a cult. It really is. When they come out and they go, ha Tim Pool's a Christian who is so angry They live in this world where anyone outside of their bubble must conform to what they think is actually happening instead of actually asking or trying to understand why someone would post a thing. It is uniform thinking. And then you end up with stories like this. So uh, conservative media outlets. But my friends, this video would not be complete unless I point out the left as well. I certainly think it's important that uh, uh, the likes of anybody involved in media try to be responsible. And 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 I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. And what I mean by this. It is imperative that we stress nonviolence. I've defended um, these environmental protesters, nonviolence of disobedience for, for, for this reason. We want this kind of pressure release valve where people feel they can impact the system in such a way without resorting to violence. And violence is not the answer, especially when you're winning. So please spare me. But uh, I want to show you this one. Media Matters published this in May. Tim Poole on the Allen, Texas Shooter posting about his show. I think it's funny and I really just don't care. It means nothing to me. It's just funny. That's right. So what they tried claiming is that this this crazy guy was a fan of the show, which he wasn't. And then we had that woman that left this woman on Culture War who also said, why did you inspire this guy? Which is another lie. And this is the game they play. And I really just don't care. I said to me, a few money is like a couple grand. What does that mean? Yo, if I got enough money to live in a van b- down by the river, I'm going to say whatever I feel like saying. And it's just this when the media reports that I or anybody else like some crazy person watched my show, I don't care because what they're trying to do is be like they want to create social pressure to force someone like me to be like, oh, no, oh, heavens, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Look, man, my message is my message. OK, I can say it 50 billion times. I think there are corrupt individuals. I think there's trash in this country. I think law enforcement is corrupt at the federal level. I think police are good. I think some police are bad. And I think we want to make a better future for everybody. We want to live in peace and harmony. And sometimes crazy people do crazy things. But what they're trying to do is poison the well. They don't want shows like mine or Glenn Beck or others to actually expand in the mainstream. They want to make it taboo. They want to make it so that professional athletes, skateboarders, musicians are scared to come on this show for these reasons. But I literally just don't care. We're doing a lot, a whole lot of cultural building, and we are wildly successful in doing so. We got pro skaters. We got musicians. We got people who are fearless and willing to push back, and they don't care for the lies. The reality with this guy in Allen, Texas, is that he posted four screenshots of one episode. And that's it. And I'm pretty sure he might have been posting, like, comments or something that someone had said. Yeah, we get, like, 60 to 100 million hits per month. It's, it's bonkers, Okay. And what that doesn't mean 100 million people are watching. I think it translates to something like 40 or 50 million unique viewers every single month, and it might be like 30 million who are American. And of these people, they might watch one out of every 10 videos. Now, there's the core base of individuals. I think there's probably, a, I think there are around three to 5,000 people out of the millions who subscribe who watch every single video and every show, three to 5,000. This guy's clearly not one of them, right? And that's the point. When you got a big show, a lot of people are going to be watching you. And a lot of people watch consistently. And some of these people are good. And some of these people are bad. So when they try and play these games, I just laugh about it. We're going to, we're going to keep winning. We're winning the culture war. Target is a joke. Bud Light failed. They had to, now they've, now they've uh, sponsored UFC. Let's see how that plays out. And so these crazy guys say this stuff, and the media tries to play this game. It literally means nothing. In the meantime, we have this from Andy No, On November 13th, Atlanta police held an emergency press conference about yet another antifa attack in a residential area. These people has, had sharpened spades as weapons. They had riot gear, sticks, a whole bunch, and the police are showing all this off. Now, how come this isn't the national story? How come this story from the Atlanta police didn't break national headlines? Because it's, it's the narrative. It's the cult. And look, man, Look at this dancing into court. 61s are arraigned for terrorizing police training facility. I often hear from this is from a couple weeks ago from conservatives like the media is not covering it. Well, we know the, the media is biased. We're the media now. So, of course, the corporate press with their left liberal bias will accuse all of us of doing wrong. But who cares? That's why I think I think it's funny and I don't care. You know why? We're winning. We got more views. I get better ratings than Fox News primetime and CNN. So have a nice day. How's that? How, 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 uh, 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 what, you like apples? <laughs> how you like them apples? When uh, we reach larger uh, key demographic audiences than traditional media, and this is why they're losing their minds. Glenn Beck's smart to do everything he's doing because he's reaching more people, having shifted into the blaze and all that stuff from uh, television and all that. Forward thinking guy. We got crazy stories. I'm, I'm, I want to talk about the, the, the insane crime people. Uh, uh, man. What's happening in San Francisco? we'll we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. But this is the point, right? I don't know what I can actually uh, show on YouTube without them age restricting the video. But we got a guy who was beaten into a coma. We got the teen who was beaten to death. We got people looting these stores and these trucks. And this is what I'm talking about. The big story for the media is this one guy who did a shocking and egregious thing, and this proves my point. My point is, what is associated with the right is often uh, uh, acute and extreme. This guy broke into a house and did something crazy and then says, I listen to these shows. On the far left, you have sustained, blunt and uh, uh, ubiquitous terrorism, but never enough to reach a national headline or no one really ever p- posts it, you know, Like the, the liberal media doesn't talk about
1: it. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing and everyday goods are up. Way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? ARK Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year. Giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all in one seed kit provides everything Get prepared. Get growing. ArcSeedKids.com.
0: So when you have uh, widespread chaos in San Francisco, where's the story about the guy who was beaten into a coma in the street? It's it's a brutal video. It's horrifying. Yeah, that story doesn't make it anywhere because a beating doesn't matter to these people. But David DePap going after a politician, I can understand why that's big news. No, to, to be fair, yes. But if you watch our show, if you watch Tim Cass and you watch many others, You know that there is widespread, there are widespread problems with homelessness, with human waste, with corruption and crime and all these problems. The media wants to ignore it because, uh, you know, I think they like it. I really do. If it bleeds, it leads, they say. And so what they want is stories like DePap and they want to hyper focus on it and they want to create the right wing boogeyman. Despite the fact anybody who actually watches this show knows uh, I'm not a Christian. I am certainly not in favor of pardoning the likes of Nancy Pelosi, which that guy was, which is actually a more uh, Democrat talking point, anti, like, yes, uh, it's not widespread, but those who are more Democrat leaning and don't like the establishment party lean in that direction. But uh, I just think we've got big problems in this country. I think that we are actually winning the culture war. I think that violence is actually a detriment to our path towards success. I think January 6th was chaotic and a disaster, and the people who committed violence should be criminally charged. 20 years is a bit much, though, don't you think? The point is, don't give them what they want. And what they want is people like this guy to go on the stand and blame the right and conservatives and blah, blah, blah. I really love this. Someone recently wrote that I was a far right commentator. And that just proves the point. When I laugh at Target making paraplegic, uh, black paraplegic Santa Claus, they're like, what about whatever happened? Love thy neighbor. These Christians are so angry. And I'm like, that's a cult. And that's how you know it's a cult. Because, uh, you know, I got to tell you guys, if, if I'm getting 60 to 100 million per month uh, across the board in, in uh, uh, 2020, we were getting 120 million just on YouTube alone. And that's kind of crazy. But if uh, uh, so now we're on, you know, TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. And so the views are really spread out. If we're hitting all that, And we have such a massive audience and we're we're an eight figure revenue business. Certainly the average regular person knows Timcast is not a fascist enterprise that people here have have very different opinions there. There's a great post. Someone said, you know, they're angry that Cassandra, uh, as I often mention on my best friends, is very critical of Israel and has just been going ham on Twitter. And they're like, is this Tim Cass' position? I don't know if I want to watch this. And then someone's like, no, actually, the people who work at Tim Kess have nuanced opinions on all of these issues. And Tim seems to be pro-Israel, you know. <laughs> and they're like, oh, OK, actually, that's pretty good. Right. Yeah, because you know what matters here to me? Free speech. Core component. The right to express your opinion and the right to be wrong. You know, I'll tell you this. The reason why I'm for free speech, uh, one of the big components here is you're allowed to be dumb. And uh, that's just it. I don't think the government has a right to determine that someone is right or wrong. We must do that as people. And that means I don't think I'm right about everything. I got my perspective on Israel. I'm very anti-Hamas and much, much more defensive of Israel's actions. That being said, I'm not a fan of Israel's uh, uh, retaliation in its current form. However, I'm not going to sit here and argue the the, the morality of war between two factions. And just because Israel is more powerful doesn't make them wrong. I don't like the killing of civilians. None of it. But really, I'm just like, dude, I I don't have answers for you on this one. All right. My point is simply we here in America believe in uh, uh, freedom, personal responsibility, meritocracy, individual liberties and all these things. And there is a collective responsibility we do have that, uh, you know, JFK said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And I think that's important. But we we need a unified culture. And that means winning the culture war is everything. And that's why they like to run these stories. And that's why they aren't going on and on about the chaos and crime that's happening in their cities, despite the fact that everybody knows it. And it's evidenced by the mass migration out of California and New York into places like Texas and Florida. So don't give me that. The media can only say so much, but they desperately need a stranglehold on the narrative. And there are a lot of stupid people who are grifters who go along with it. The idea that I or Glenn Beck or James Lindsay would ever advocate for any kind of violence or any action is an absurd lie, an absolutely absurd lie. But you know what? I'm sorry. But they're losing and they're scared and panicking. The Marvels bombed. Get what go broke, ladies and gentlemen. We all know. it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Vivek Ramaswamy gets it. He's doing all of these podcasts. He's targeting the key demographic. And I think he is planning for the future. I don't think Vivek Ramaswamy is planning to be president. I got to be completely honest, at least right now, because you can't beat Donald Trump. And so his course of action has been very much so to speak to the millennial generation, of which he is a millennial, and talk about ideas that he cares about. And he's winning massive favor by doing podcasts and social media videos. But for this, he's not doing as well with the older generation, it would seem. Now, Nikki Haley is an inversion of this. Seemingly trying to jump on to the Elon Musk bandwagon, she came out with the stupidest, most crackpot policy that uh, uh, <laughs> anyone could think of. And that is Nikki Haley thinks there should be no anonymous accounts at all. Anybody who wants to use the Internet should be verified with their ID and all that. Now, aside from the fact that uh, uh, many point out it's unconstitutional to require something of such, uh, it would be technologically impossible It's just an all around bad policy that doesn't play well with the key demo. So good luck, Nikki Haley. Elon Musk is roasting her saying she can stop pretending to run for president now. But let me break it down for you. Should we have verified users? Yes. Should we get rid of bots? You betcha. But Elon Musk's plan is to create a system where you get to verify your account. Not that you have to verify your account. You see how this works? That means if you want to be anonymous and you want to build up a presence and a following, you still can. There are risks with bots and everything like that. But people have to choose to engage with that section of X or any other platform. The idea that you're going to mandate people do this. Now, here's what I said. I posted online a long time ago that your experience on Twitter will be infinitely better if you only interact with people who use their real name in a photo. And I got this big backlash around so like, Tim hates anonymous accounts. I never said you're not allowed to be anonymous. They're like, Tim, the silence do good letters and Thomas Paine and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I never said don't be anonymous. I'm saying, yo, when you when you start sitting around in the swamp of all these cartoon animals that are communists or whatever, it's just a waste of your time. Okay, I prefer to engage with verified accounts. But guess what? Here's the best part is people who are verified on social media, they can still use whatever name or picture they want it's the verification is just to make sure they're not a bot. And then people say, yes, but that means Elon Musk will know who you are. Well, the government already knows who you are. They're tracking your IP. They're spying on you already, and they should not be. And that's a problem. So the idea that you have to verify yourself by ID is stupid, redundant, and all it serves to do is insult people, I guess. Well, here's the story from the Post Millennial. And then we've got a bunch of hilarious posts about where we're currently at with uh, the very stupid Nikki Haley. Presidential hopeful Nikki Haley was taken to task by Vivek Ramaswamy and Elon Musk on Exxon Monday after she made the announcement that on the first day of her presidency, she would require all social media users to be verified by their name in order to protect national security. Nice try, lady. This is disgusting, Ramaswamy said. He has stated repeatedly that he's a free speech absolutist. Man, I'm not even. You know, I respect Vivek. I don't think he's just pandering. I really don't. A lot of people are are, are claiming that, oh, he's a grifter or whatever, and I just don't see it. I mentioned this before about the groups in Florida that Ron DeSantis banned the student groups because they didn't claim to just support Hamas. They claimed to be part of that resistance movement. They refer to it, but we know what they mean. And uh, I actually spoke to Vivek about it in briefly over text. And he was like, hey, check this out. And I was like, yeah, but Ron is saying that these groups are like actively supporting the actual, uh, actually Hamas. It's not just speech. And Vivek was like, nah, dude, th- look. And, and he pushed back and said, These are students. They may be saying stupid things. The idea you're going to ban these groups is meaningless. And then I said, you know, fair point. If it really was rising to the level of material support, you would criminally charge them. You wouldn't just be like, reform your group and change your words. That's meaningless. So fair point. So I respect Vivek for being like, no, I actually believe this. Okay, like, And I don't think he's just trying to earn favor or anything like that. He says, this is disgusting. Here's the clip for you, uh, everybody. I want to play the clip of Nikki Haley saying what everyone finds to be shocking and stupid. Is it going to play here? Okay, we got to load the actual. We have to load on an X. We're going to play it on X.
2: When I get into office, the first thing we have to do: social media accounts, social media companies—they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing.
0: Okay, uh, I actually that's a really good idea. I, I agree. These big tech companies have these massive information silos, and they are propping up certain ideas. This should not be allowed. At Section two thirty. All of this argument we've been having for a decade. These platforms should not be allowed to decide what ideas get pushed to the forefront uh, if they're also going to claim they have no legal liability for defamation. So I just don't accept it. The argument being that they have the free speech right to put whatever they want on the front page. Now, look, if you want to make the argument that you're not responsible for what people on your platform say, you also should not be allowed to choose what gets promoted. That's just the way it is.
2: The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's, first of all, it's a national security threat. When you do that, all of a sudden, people have to stand by what they say and it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots and the Chinese bots. And then you're going to get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. Accountability. And they know their pastor and their family members going to see it. Okay. It-
0: so, you know, I just would like to point out that Nikki Haley must have read some blog from like 10 years ago when we entertained what the internet would be like without anonymous accounts. And the conclusion ultimately is you need both systems. That is to say, what Elon Musk is doing. She is so daft and ignorant to how the internet functions, she doesn't get it. She thought she was probably saying something that would be popular with a lot of people online, but she's speaking to a crowd that doesn't even use the internet. Now, to be fair, the internet is a horrible place, and it always has been. And it doesn't need uh, to be this way. But there's a, fr- a phrase and a meme that we like to say, welcome to the internet. When when uh, uh, I love this, you know, like, David Hogg retweeted me. I, I tweeted, raise the voting age to 30 as a not. <laughs> Don't take my tweet seriously, dude. And uh, he was like, when your policies are so bad, you got to change who can vote. And then a lot of people pointed out that he actually tried. He, he tweeted, retweet if you want to lower the voting age to 16. So uh, the dude just clearly doesn't get it. But my response was he also ignored my tweet where I said, raise the voting age to 42, ban voting and babies should vote, which I've tweeted. All of those as well. It's really funny when I meet someone who's like, I follow you on Twitter. And I'm like, why? (laughs) I guess maybe if you get what I'm doing, I'm just I I, I care so little about the platform, to be completely honest. Apparently, I'm getting paid for what I do on the platform. So, okay, sure, fine, whatever.
3: Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at
0: ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited
0: by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But yeah, I don't care all that much. Anyway, my response, David Hogg, was welcome to the Internet. And he's getting roasted over it. But Nikki Haley is not an Internet person, so she doesn't really understand these ideas. She sees Elon Musk's popularity. She sees what Vivek Ramaswamy is doing by reaching out through podcasts on social media. And to tremendous success... Like I said, Vivek is planning for the future. I don't think he's as concerned about winning t- today as he is with when in the next, you know, four, eight or 12 years, he is going to be a bigger representative of the largest voting blocks. He's a smart guy. He knows what he's doing. But more importantly, I think he genuinely understands and believes a lot of what he's saying. I think Vivek was set on this path because the woke people attacked him and tried to destroy his company and it pissed him off. So you've woken up the beast. Nikki Haley doesn't seem to know at all what she's talking about. Elon Musk said super messed up. She can stop pretending to run for president now. When I get in office, the first thing I'm going to do. Yeah, 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 we get it. Accountability chimed in News anchor. And then they know their pastor and their family members are going to see it. It's going to help our kids and it's going to help our country. Anonymous speech is both a foundational part of American free speech rights and has been roundly protected by the Supreme Court. So she here's what I think. She thought she was saying something popular. She was not. It is not popular. She doesn't quite understand it. Every person should be verified by name. But of course, you're going to see everybody start coming after her. All right, here we go. We got shoe on head with uh, tweet of the week. She said Nikki Haley saw one mean tweet from Hitler Bussy420 and is now on a crusade against in, uh, internet anonymity. And then uh, let me see, do we have uh, what is this one? <laughs> That's another shoe on head tweet. J.D. Vance responded, posted the week right here, to which shoe head says, the term "bussy" has officially reached congressional lexicon. I love the Internet. It is also much fun. And then uh, we have where's that other tweet I just had pulled up? Uh, Shu had tweets WTF. And it's a fake tweet from Nikki Haley saying, oh, you're posting on an alt. Why don't you use your real photo and name so I can call your employer and get you fired for disagreeing with my retarded worldviews? To which there is a community note on X that says, this is fake. It's a meme making fun of Nikki Haley asking for social media platforms to verify all people and show their legal name. Uh, I just love the Internet. So in response to Sue, and head, we have this from Nathaniel says, hi, June. I have my ideas why anonymous counts might be equitable with free speech. I'm really in the fence with this one. What do you feel we would lose as a community on X if something like this were to be implemented? To which Sue responded, we'd lose real and funny conversations and posts. People would be less honest, feel they're under HR supervision if connected with their name and face. Anyone who didn't have the approved opinion would be screwed, which is why Nikki supports, the, uh, supports it. Nobody who supports her is out of line with the establishment. Agreed. And therein lies the big issue. The big issue is that Nikki Haley is absolutely awful, doesn't know how to reach people, and genuinely thinks this this play is, for one, it's an establishment play. That way, all of the big tech companies who have been desperately trying to control opinions and all of these massive multinational corporations and media companies, can make, it can be so much easier to shut down anyone who dare oppose them. Why? It was I, as well as many others, who were targeted by the government the Election Integrity Partnership, to be silenced for us questioning. Actually, I shouldn't even say questioning. I was totally on board with Trump having lost the election. But I was talking about the Supreme Court cases and the lawsuits and how the judges need to hear the merits. And so we can see that's my position. I said, maybe we should see what the judges have to say about this. And they said, super spreader of fake information. The dirty game they played targeted by the government. Where's the class action lawsuit, boys? Let's get on it. This is the dirty game they play. Nikki Haley wants to shut us out. Well, she will not be able to, but I certainly think she's pandering to big business and big bucks who want to create a homogenous narrative they can easily control. But I love this one. This is the narrative game they play. Nikki Haley decided the path to winning the GOP nomination will be feminist self-victimization. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for her. In this tweet. We have Trisha McLaughlin saying nothing says girl power like you can't criticize me because I'm a woman. Oh, grow up. Here we go. you ready for this one. I love it.
2: What happens? He comes out of the gate. He hits the female chair of the party. He hits the female anchor on the platform and then he hits me. And I'm not saying anything. I ain't
0: saying I'm just saying
2: But he might have a girl problem. <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: just saying he this might have the a cringiest thing I have ever seen. What The Ruthless podcast. Don't we know those guys who does the Ruthless podcast? Are you, are you seriously going to sit here and just let Nikki Haley say something so stupid? I want to look up Ruthless. Is that uh, I don't want to say who it is because I don't want to get it wrong and insult somebody. But uh, let's see. Ruthless podcast. Uh, who runs this one? I got no beef with the Ruthless podcast, to be completely honest. I'm just saying, like, yo, you guys should be should be roasting them. Uh, Smug, Holmes, Duncan, Ashbrook, bring the next generation of conservative talk to next level with Ruthless. There is no shelter for anyone, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You know, look, man. I don't know the full context, and I want to give people the benefit of the doubt because you see these clips online. I said the same thing for Hassan. You see these clips online. And you don't know exactly what it's all about. To be completely honest, I really don't care all that much to talk about Nikki Haley. I'm more interested in what the establishment is up to. And here we go. I love this story from Axios. Scoop! Nikki Haley and Jamie Dimon hold private conversations on the economy. Ah! The devil endorses a demon is the. uh, I'm stealing that joke from somebody. I can't remember who said it. It was was someone here at Timcast. uh, Something like that. A devil endorses a demon. Okay. Look, man. I don't see people like Nikki Haley, Hillary Clinton-esque types, succeeding in the long term. I see Vivek's path to success, and I'll tell you why. Look, uh, TimCast isn't like, we're consistently the biggest live show, TimCast IRL, on YouTube every night, which is kind of crazy. We get, I say consistently because, you know, periodically shows pop up that get more viewers than us, but we typically get the largest live audience. It's a lot smaller than where people used to be. Tucker Carlson got substantially more, but in the key demo, I got to be honest, and with all due respect, it's comparable. It seriously, was uh, Tucker Carlson got a larger portion of the older crowd in the key demo? It was between like three and five hundred thousand per night, which is comparable to about what we get, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. But th- what this means is Tucker's is ten times he, older people count. Okay, I'm not saying they don't. I'm saying moving forward, it's going to be the likes of Tucker, Tim Cast IRL and others targeting millennials and younger. And I know, I know there are older people who watch these videos as well. I'm not saying you, you, you're you not. I'm just saying Vivek Ramaswamy understands that the opinions held by these by these large podcasts, the future of where political discourse is going and popular opinion and ideas are being represented here. Patrick Bet David, for instance, has infinitely more influence than many of these New York Times writers and their garbage uh, podcasts, but they do have influence. Nikki Haley is going that route. Vivek Ramaswamy is going the other route. I say in 10 years, we win the culture war and Vivek is going to be one of the biggest personalities on the right side of of these issues. I should say on the conservative leaning side, it will be interesting to see how the left and right shifts, especially with Israel, Palestine, everything we're seeing with Hassan Piker and Ethan Klein and many of these prominent personalities, celebrities, professors, etc. It'll be interesting to see how the Democrats evolve from here and if the Democratic Party becomes further left and more anti, I don't know, I don't know what you'd call it, but more woke. And to see if the right actually becomes fairly moderate and anti-woke or more woke versus anti-woke, you get my point. Axios says J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Diamond has been talking privately with GOP presidential candidate Nikki Haley about the global economy and believes she has the potential to bring the country together a top banking source, tells Axios. Oh, here we go. Haley's strong performance in debates has led many establishment figures to speculate that if only she could get past President Trump for the nomination, she'd give Biden a run for his money. Oh, no, dude. Donald is once Donald Trump, he's never going to get corporate mainstream support. But Vivek, all you got to do, man, all you got to do is promise to blow up some brown kids in a foreign country, and then they're going to start just dumping money on you. You know the game, baby. <laughs> Diamond admires Haley's grasp of the economy and her recognition of the role that business and government can play in driving growth by working together, the source said. Yeah, I'll tell you how I see it. Jamie Diamond thinks he can pay off Nikki Haley and she will do whatever she has to for the machine if it means she gets to put her name on a list of presidents. I despise politicians. Sorry. Uh, Trump's all right. You know, I like Trump for a lot of reasons. Matt Gates is pretty good. I like Marjorie Taylor Greene. She, we got criticisms of Marjorie Taylor Greene. Thomas Massey, same thing. We got criticisms of, of him. Uh, R- Ron Paul's a legend. Rand Paul's pretty base. There's a lot of there's a lot of good politicians. But typically, if you come to me and say, do I like politicians? The answer is overwhelmingly and not absolutely no. Anybody who wants to be in these positions, I just, ugh, dude. Here's what I say. Go to Timcast.com, click join us, become a member if you want to support our work. If you think our cultural efforts are meaningful and you want to see them win, then go to Timcast.com, join us, become a member, and help us win a culture war. This is my method. This is the world that I see. Trying to convince people to give you a vote and to win this, 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 this popular position, I just, I despise it fundraising off big corporations. And just I just I hate all of it. You know what I say? I say, my friends, I have but for you a product that I sell. And this product is my words, my ramblings, my whinging on the Internet and the talk show we do every night, as well as the Culture War podcast. For this, I ask you, would you like to see more and support our efforts in the things that we think should exist? Then buy the product. There's two things we sell here at TimCast. And there's a lot. I mean, literally, we have merch, we have coffee, all that stuff. But it really comes down to two things, the ideological mission and the actual products you can buy. There are many people who are members at Timcast.com dot com that uh, don't actually watch most of the uncensored stuff, but they believe that what we're doing is a mass benefit. And so for 10 bucks a month, they decide they're going to support our work and our efforts. I'll tell you what that means. This is the future for whatever reason. We're almost like we're a mission-driven media company, as it were. The mission, winning the culture war, uh, 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 restoring traditional American values, individual liberties, meritocracy, uh, um, uh, reverence for the founding fathers, things of this nature. This is why many people are like, I'm going to sign up to become a member at TimCast.com. And I totally get it. I could take that same energy and maybe run for office, but I despise that. I despise politicians. I despise his positions. I don't think the path towards fixing our problems is to sign paperwork and work in a broken machine. It is to win the culture war.
3: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BGW.
0: Void are prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We have many efforts here. We launched a documentary called Infringed. It's out now. You can watch it on TimCast.com if you're a member. What are we going to do with that money we get from your membership? We are going to make more of these things. We're going to buy more ads promoting it. We are going to prop up personalities. We put Luke Kowski. We put uh, 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 me, uh, Michael Malice, on Times Square billboards. That's what it's all about. The voices that challenge the machine and speak for humor and meritocracy will succeed. Cast brew coffee. When you buy cast brew coffee, what are we doing? We're building a coffee shop. It's in the works. The equipment has arrived. Renovations are underway. Hopefully, things start moving faster and faster as we get closer to uh, getting you know, permits and everything are getting done. And we want to build the anti-Times Square in Martinsburg, West Virginia. And I'm hoping that within a few years, we are just taking the culture back restoring the values that we care about. Saturday morning cartoons, community, family gatherings. That's how you win. My point in all this. Many of these people think I'm going to go and I'm going to campaign and win your support, win office, and then use the position of office to change our culture. And that does work to change the rules and say certain things should or shouldn't be illegal. And it it can work. But really, you know, I'm going to go for the root because Breitbart was right. Politics is downstream from culture. So my mission not to lord over anyone. It's not to um, pass a bill or be the boss. It's not to be in Congress and file subpoenas or anything like that. It's quite literally to say, look, man, I'm going to market my ideas. I'm going to convince as many people as possible, as many people as possible to support the work we're doing here. And then it doesn't matter what you think. Why? When we go to an area that's being dominated by woke psychopaths, I don't need to ask the police to do anything. I don't need to to petition the mayor for a new law. I'll just buy the land. So if there's a woke crowd that's saying something like we're the ones who control this space, we our ideas are, are, are dominant. I'll just say, OK, well, you can do whatever you want. But if the people are supporting me and our business is expanding and our mission is growing, we will buy. What does that mean? The money we have is more important and more powerful than whatever it is those people in that area might think of. This is what I believe. I believe the majority of people who are marching in lockstep with wokeness don't actually care, but the money's there. I've long said it. What are we doing in skateboarding? Well, you might not care about skateboarding, but I do. It's a big industry. It's a multi-billion dollar industry with a lot of kids who are engaged in skateboarding and there's skate parks are all over the place. I grew up skateboarding. I still skate. and I'm going to I'm gonna go skate in a few minutes. And I see these pro skateboarders who are refusing to speak up about these issues. And I say, you got to speak up. They say, I can't. I'll lose my job. I say, OK, Then I'm going to give you a job. I am going to sponsor you. And then you can tell all these woke companies to shove off because our company is going to do better. That's what we're doing. And that's what you're empowering as a member at TimCast.com. My point is simply this. I certainly seek to have influence to a great degree in this, in this country, in this world. I hope to expand the influence of many others, including people like Luke Rutkowski, Seamus Coughlin, Michael Malice, and anybody who comes on TimCast IRL to varying degrees. Some people we argue with. My point is simply this. We will have a bigger impact by empowering people with good ideas than we would if any of us ran for office. So let these people try and run for office fine. But Nikki Haley can't get elected if we build a coalition of people who refuse to vote for because her ideas are bad. If we convince enough people, if we make war unthinkable then no one will ever get elected, whoever dares to impose these ridiculous plans on this country. By all means, you can go out and you can say whatever you want and try and get elected, but it won't happen if we are the ones who are setting the trends. And that is the point. Good luck, Nikki. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. With the failure of the marvels, many people are starting to hope that these comic book films will get away from the crackpot wokeness and start to restore the hero's journey in stories that we know and love. The original MCU characters were great, and they don't have to be white men. That's not the issue. The issue is your stories suck. We now have this story from the Millennial: Gay, sex-fueled Green Lantern comic book dead on arrival after fans reject it and sales fall flat. The only way we can shut these people down is to make this book an undeniable success, Sheridan told his fans. Let me just uh, stress for you. The comic book industry is not dying. The comic book industry has been taken over and is being worn like a skin suit by woke psychopaths. And this is proof. In October, author Tim Sheridan urged people to pick up a copy of his latest work, a Green Lantern reboot, in which the DC superhero has (laughs) adult relations with a guy. Despite his pleas, the comic appears to have struggled to gain favor among readers. Why? Dude, I don't care if you're gay. Don't care if you're LGBTQIA2A+, whatever. But yo, when you make a product for like 0.7% of the population, you're gonna get 0.7% of the sales. You see what I'm saying? There's not that many people who are interested in this story. And so this dude who wrote it made this plea to all of his, his allies. You must buy this book. Yo, it didn't work. And don't you dare, leftists come to me and say, well, the reality is just comic books are failing in general. That is a bald faced lie. You know how I know? <laughs> because Eric July raised $3.7 million in sales. This is crazy. I saw number one campaign total covers sold. Cover A, 27,000. Cover B, 17,000. Cover B, 18,000. Campaign goals, 100,000 total sales, 3.7 million, 42,926 total purchases. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that 42,000 sales is like where comic books used to be or anything like that. But the reality is, how is it that our good friend Eric July is, is, is receiving resounding success and notoriety? People are cheering for it. His company is expanding. Meanwhile, the legacy icons are failing. Look at this. It currently sits at number two hundred and seventy-seven. This comic, and among, and and at three hundred thirty-nine thousand seven hundred thirty-six among titles in the Kindle store. That is just a failure. Now we all know about uh, Gay Superman. They released this, and uh, where do I have this one right here? I don't know Sandra Rose's, but I thought this was a good uh, title. Gay Superman comic book canceled due to abysmal low sales. Last year, D.C. announced the new Superman, his son, John Kent, would be bi and have a boyfriend, a twink newspaper reporter. So uh, Don Lemon went on CNN and, and praised this. But, yo, you know, right now, we're all having a good laugh about black paraplegic Santa at Target. I, I'm, I'm not OK, maybe I should just pull this one up because a lot of people might be like, wait, wait, wait. I didn't see your episode last night. What are you talking about, Tim? Uh, yeah, this is a. Uh, the left is certainly angry that we've brought up the issue. I'm scrolling down to uh, get the image for y'all. And uh, they're claiming we're we're angry about it. But no, listen, here's the point. Here you go, ladies and gentlemen. And Wokeness posted this image, which shows, you know, there's there's regularly abled, I think is the appropriate term, perhaps. Uh, I don't know. And uh, then you have white and black paraplegic Santas. Just why? All right. The, the, the question is not there's anything wrong with it. I'm not mad. I find it actually quite hilarious. But I also think, you know, what's offensive about it. It's insulting to uh, paraplegic individuals. Here's my point with all this. Who are they selling this to? Like, is there a large population of black paraplegics who are going to buy these ornaments? No. Now, don't get me wrong. Yo, the market she shall provide. The invisible hand will make sure that anyone who wants to be represented will get their version of Santa Claus. There could be Japanese Mecca, Santa Claus. There can be a North and South Korean Santa Claus, whatever you so desire, because if people want to buy it, they'll buy it. Why is Target a massive multinational corporation? I believe multinational, but I know the Australia target. The story there is like it's a fake version of it or something. I don't know. National box store is selling this. My question is, does it warrant the cost? Are they going to sell enough of these Who are they selling them to? The answer, my friends, is affluent white female liberals. That's who they are hoping will buy this. So they can virtue signal. Look how much we care about diversity. Everyone can be Santa Claus. Well, I'm sorry, man. This is the point, Okay, You want to make a book about the Green Lantern banging dudes. Please, by all means, do so. I ain't going to whinge or cry about it. The issue, however, is I will laugh at your failures when you think something like this could become mainstream and popular. Yo, your market size is let me let me try and explain something to all of you guys. OK, uh, something b- b- you all probably know, but this guy clearly doesn't. Uh, I am like a centrist, moderate type, um, leaning left on s- certain issues, but uh, leaning right on, on on other issues, anti-war. So, you know, milquetoast fence sitter, they say, right? Yeah, I don't think I'm going to build up a strong audience among Zionist Jewish conservatives. Now, many of you watching may actually be Zionist Jewish conservatives. And uh, you like watching the show for a balanced perspective, or maybe I'm not. I don't know, whatever. My point is, there are channels where the personality is a leftist and the personality is a staunch conservative. I am neither of these things. So I don't get a lot of those viewers. I get the more moderate uh, uh, viewer. And I know this. It would be absurd for me to go to you and say, make sure you convince all of your leftist friends to watch my show. They'd be like, why would we watch your show? We don't like you. Ah, fair point. Now, I do say, don't get me wrong, that y'all should share these shows, become a member at TimCast.com, et cetera, et cetera, Um, because I would like to uh, uh, expand this company, our, our cultural victories, and our perspective and view as far and wide as possible, which means we'll ultimately try to convince people like, hey, t- t- take a look at the things we are talking about. These are things that we-, we think are right. But you know what? The market share for conservatives is larger than moderates. The market share for liberals is larger than moderates. So I get a little bit more of the conservative audience because conservatives, well, because reality has a conservative bias these days, or I should say reality has a right wing bias. But this is my point. Homeboy wanted to make a comic for gay people, of which there is a microscopic market share here affluent white female liberals aren't going to be reading Green Lantern. They don't care about this. And of the people who read comics who are gay, you're talking about like at least if I'm being generous, one to two percent of the comic book reading audience who is going to be like, I would like to read a book where two dudes bang. The average guy experiencing a desire for a woman and the average person who reads a comic book is male is going to want to see a story in which they fantasize or visualize this epitome of masculinity winning over the most beautiful woman. That's just what dudes on average want. Now, I'm not saying every product needs to cater to the to the mass majority or anything like that. I'm just saying it's no surprise these things fail because they don't have the target market to support it. But I got an answer for you, my friends.
2: Sick of being upsold at gyms.
0: These comic books, by one, don't make it Green Lantern. Why don't you make like? Let's see. If he wants to be green, how about you do this? The purple, uh, the 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 purple lamplighter. Wait, no, lamplighter. That was all. <laughs> that was that was already the boys. Okay. How about um, red beam? And it's a guy who has a glove that can emit red energy. He can shape it whatever you want. And he happens to be gay. How about that? And then what you do is, you target your audience and community and ask them to support you via Patreon or whatever. And then every month you will get 10 bucks to make this story. Yeah, congratulations. You might actually make a good amount of money. If you can find 10,000 people who like that story and like that character, of which they certainly exist. There's, there's certainly many, uh, I would say at least 10,000 uh, uh, men who like gay stories and want to see these superheroes. And then you'll make a million bucks. And you can use that money to make these these comics and send them out to your fans. But the idea that you're going to go mainstream with the Green Lantern shift completely away from the existing fan base into a smaller market and succeed is laughably absurd. And this is the problem with Get What Go Broke My Friends. My issue is not that they made him gay, I just don't care. I always say this, if you want to make Green Lantern gay, by all means, do so. I don't care, right? But uh I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to go see your movies and then you'll fail. So be it. It is sad, however, and I do understand this. Green Lantern's a great character, right? Changing him in this way and changing Superman, it's unfortunate they do these things because these characters mean something to all of us. They inspired us when we were kids, and now they're just destroying it for this niche market that doesn't read comics and doesn't want to buy it. So what's happening now is they're failing. But you know what? So be it. Let them. The dude said, the only way to prove to the big publishers is a huge market for authentic stories about LGBTQIA characters. And these stories are for everyone is to buy the heck out of books like this. Unfortunately, nobody did. If you care about truth and justice about shining a light in the darkness, if you think comics are and should continue to be for everyone, or if you just want to force these comics gate trolls back under the bridge they crawled out from, please support our book. Everyone deserves to see themselves in comics. Everyone needs allies. And if you're an ally, now is time to step up. I got it for you, buddy. Here's what you do. You make it so that Green Lantern doesn't have sex at all. Uh, no, hear me out. Hear me out. Imagine if you just didn't have Green Lantern have sex with anyone. <laughs> People might buy it. You know, what's funny is a lot of these leftists are like, or I'll put it this way. A lot of superhero characters, you can assume are straight or whatever. I don't know. A lot of superheroes and characters don't have relationships and no one ever stopped to ask. I wonder who they be banging. So these people are doing something that's totally off the beaten path, ensuring that there is this in the comic. Now Don't get me wrong. A lot of comic book characters have love interests and have sex. No, I totally get it. I'm saying I got a solution for you, dude. If you want someone to feel like they're represented, perhaps the character just need not do these things. Like Green Lantern doesn't need to bang anybody. But if you want to go for it, fine. So be it. Just don't be surprised. They say the reviews of the first six issues have been mixed. Some have applauded Sheridan for his commitment to featuring gay characters, while others have decried the direction he took the beloved character. They've completely altered the character who was a brave and cheerful superhero, who was one of the few few allowed to grow old. And was happily married to another of DC's Golden Age characters. In this new series, he's been written as a closeted homosexual who was blackmailed by the FBI into joining the JSA. <laughs> and at the end of the issue, he ends up in an insane asylum. I don't know who wants their old school superheroes written this way, but I do not. Avoid this book. This character has been ruined and his nearly 80 years of published history ignored, presumably for the sake of diversity. I would just like to uh, jump back over and shout out the Ripaverse, $3.7 million in sales. I just want to stress this. I can only assume that there are heavy costs to producing these books. I don't know what they would be. So it's not like Eric July is just sitting on $4 million. I do, however, want, want to believe this, and it must be stated. With all due and the most utmost respect to Eric July, who I believe is likely now worth several million dollars. Now let's put it in, let's put it into, into perspective. He's got uh, uh, these comics. He's raised a bunch of money. He sold a bunch of books. The value of the Ripperverse, based on these sales alone, and this is July twenty second. So this is a while ago. Well, actually, let's say this. What, what we got? Campaigns? What campaigns he got going on right now? The success of this, let's just do basic math, depending on how you want to break this down. If he's got this much in sales, then you could say that his company, I don't know about his assets or anything like this. Are we going to, oh, okay. Alpha core number one campaign. What do we got here? Whoa. 300,000 pre-order campaign goal, $959,000 in sales. Here we go. ISOM number one. I think we just had, that's 3.7. And ISOM number two, where's, where's ISOM number two? At? Is that, is that going to load? I can't get that one to load. Come on. What's going on? I don't know. Whatever. Let's break it down. Uh, Eric July, <clears throat> he's got $4 million in sales, almost $5 million in sales right there. Plus, I think there was another fundraiser he did where he raised like a $1 million. I could be wrong. And so uh, this dude's company raising multi, millions of dollars, the company itself is going to be worth several times that. Depending on the math you want to use, it can be like four or five times. Or in some, in some uh, industries, it could be up to 10 times. And I'll break it down. So what is the value of a company? Oh, here we go. $2.3 million for ISOM number two. And it looks like there's even like an animated version. That's super cool. Uh, ended on August 2023. Sold a bit less, but uh, still a tremendous success. 672% sales goal. All right. So let's talk about um, how you evaluate, a co- how you value a company. In, in traditional and the most basic is you add up the, the, all of the money sitting around and all of the assets and you say, this is the current net worth, the value of the business. But hold on there. If we want to determine the actual value, you need to ask yourself, how much would you be willing to accept to sell this business off completely? Which means many companies are worth substantially more and worth is is, is, I'm talking about worth like what's a car worth. So you can argue that uh, let's say company A has 10 chairs and that's all it is. It's, It's a room with chairs. Each of these chairs costs 50 bucks. They're good chairs, maybe something like this. Okay, so It's worth $500, this company, because those are the hard assets you can sell off. But hold on. What does the company do? The company has a bunch of intellectual property that is generating $500 per month. Okay, so now we're talking about, what do we have? $6,000 a year. That revenue coming in, well, we know that if we go over the span of five years, we got 30 grand. So for how much money would you sell the business? If someone came to you and said, I'll give you 10 grand for the business, you'd be like, why? I'll make six grand this year and six grand next year. I can just sit on the business and generate the revenue. So, the true value of the business, like any other object, is how much are you willing to sell it for? My point is simply this Ripaverse could be worth as high as with these kinds of sales uh, each year, millions of dollars, 20 to $50 million. And I know a lot of people are going to say, whoa, well, whoa, what, what? How could it be worth so much? You didn't make that much money. It's because with the tremendous success that they've consistently had in selling comics, we can project the, 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 the sales that are going to come in for pre-orders and pro- uh, 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 projections and goals. If they're making this much money, there's a diminishing return. We can expect the company to generate several million dollars every single year. For this reason, the company itself has a projected revenue, which is value plus hard assets and intellectual property. So I'd actually say this. The movie rights, the TV show rights are also worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. The intellectual property themselves, which is clearly successful, is worth an absurd amount of money. I, I, what I'm trying to say is I don't think Eric July is buying himself a $30 million Santa Monica mansion or anything like this. But dude's, pro, dude's a millionaire. No, I, I don't even think there's a question. Owning the company itself, he may not have that in cash to buy a car with, but the value of the company and everything around him is, is, in, the, is in the millions. And you know why I'm saying this? I'm not trying to, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. Here's, here's the narrative. I want Eric July to be a millionaire. I want him to be rich. I want him to pull up in a Model S plaid at a comic book convention, get out wearing the finest suit, and hand one of his comic books to an excited kid who says, I want to be like him when I grow up. I want Eric July to be greater than Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and all of other other comic book creators. I want him to stand up and say, we know what makes comic books good. We know what inspired us as kids, and they've abandoned us, and we're taking over. And each and every person who is involved in this, and I don't want to just single him out. I'm just saying, you know, his success is so inspirational. I want every one of these people at DC and Marvel and any other of these companies to look at him and wish they were doing what he was doing. I want every kid who is looking, looking for new superheroes to thank this is cool. They won't buy Green Lantern. And that's sad because we love Green Lantern. We love all these characters that they're destroying. But you know what? If they're going to destroy them and they're going to sell out, then let kids look up to this. And then the history of books will reflect upon what happened. So let me just shout out stunning artwork by Cliff Richards, Richards coloring by Gabe Eltabe, lettering by Eric Weathers and a storyline by Eric July. I hope these dudes are rich. I hope they live in big houses with infinity pools. I hope they can come out and prove to all the young people, if you want to create great stories, if you want to inspire others, these are the characters that people are interested in. These are the storylines that we like. This is what will make you successful. Now, I don't want to be all about money. I think it should be about the ideas, the, the, um, the, 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 uh, uh, the ideals, the ideas, the values. I want kids to grow up understanding what it means to be a true hero in, in a similar to similar stories that I grew up watching as well. We watched a clip last night of Superman where he was being chased by Mixes Pitlick, if you guys ever saw this from the WB show. And when he deflects some of the bullets, he then it, it literally shows him dropping the thing in a garbage dump. Like, got to make sure that you're not polluting, you're not littering. But I like these stories. I think they're great. And these are, the, these are better stories that we want to show young people. In order to do so, you got to make money. Money represents, the uh, and, 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 and I'm a capitalist, baby. Making all this money represents a, a, a valuable thing you've created. So let, let DC, let, let Marvel go this woke route and fail. From the Marvels to the new Green Lantern to the billion dollars Disney lost with all their stupid movies and their woke reboots and all this trash. And let Ripoverse take over. Because... There's going to be some kid, 10 years old, and his dad is going to be like, I bought you a comic book and he's going to hand him ISOM number one. And guess what? You know, I, I love about this. Oh, <laughs> like, can we uh, Alpha Core? So you've got uh, a diverse group of heroes here. Look, this guy's uh, presumably black. This guy's white. Here's a white woman. You have ISOM number one. And uh, here's a guy who happens to be black. And that's that. That's fine. It's it's immaterial, the race of the superhero. What, what matters to me is the ideas of the superhero. But you don't see the left cheering for diverse characters succeeding so wildly because it's never been about that. That's always been the lie. I hope that there's a dad out there who handed this comic book to his kid and he said, Here, here's a comic book. Read these stories. Here's here's a, 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 animation. You can watch this. I want that kid to grow up and be like, wow, I want to be like him. I want to be the superhero. Uh, I hope kids grow up wanting to emulate the values that Eric July has instilled in these characters. And then in 20 years, this kid's going to be, you know, 30 years old. He's going to be working in the comic book industry. There's going to be tons of money, a billion-dollar industry with movies and VR games. Eric July is going to be an old man, and they're going to talk about how he reignited the passions of the comic book industry. That's what I hope for. Because there were great things that were mated, uh, made, mated. They were great things that were made by people like Stan Lee. Some of these ideas are incredible. I grew up watching Marvel and DC. I'm a bigger fan of DC. I gotta be completely honest. And it's funny because people are like, no, Marvel's better. Oh, they're both good. I'm a big fan of both, but I really do like DC for a variety of reasons. And because uh, Batman, because Batman's just a guy. Yeah, that's why I love Batman. He's rich. I get it. But Batman is described in the comic book universe. Uh, his power is peak human. That's right. He trained his mind and his body. I understand he's also rich and he has gadgets. Don't get me wrong. But what makes Batman so incredible is his stealth, his, 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 his willing he he's go he goes toe-to-toe with the best superheroes ever, and he does not have powers. And it is my favorite thing ever in com- in the comic book lore that given enough time, Batman will defeat anyone. He beat the Hulk. He threw he threw nerve gas and then struck Hulk's solar plexus, causing him to inhale, and then Hulk passed out. These is excellent writing. The idea that you can be facing tremendous odds. You can be a regular guy. But if you work hard enough, you can defeat the most powerful super beings. Ah, Batman's so awesome. That's the message I get as a kid. So I love seeing this. It's sad to see what they've done to Green Lantern. Fine. But when they fail, so be it. Shout out to Eric July once again. You guys should support his work. We're big fans. And it's just, it's just super awesome to see this. I hope that in 50 years we talk about the new golden age and they talk about how, you know, Eric July started making all this money. His company expanded. They started making comic books and card games. And as the MCU faded out and died, interest started to emerge over this ripverse. Super cool. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Today, let's talk about the manipulation of information from the government. We learned recently, I mean, we ca- we actually kind of knew this, that the U.S. government had been colluding with researchers at university on something called the EIP, the Election Integrity Partnership, that targeted many prominent individuals with suppression of their speech in violation of our First Amendment rights. And I say our because I was a target as well. On my Wikipedia page, it actually says that I was labeled a super spreader of misinformation that never actually explained what that was. And I believe one of the uh, things they, they stated a long time ago was that I retweeted somebody. I think I remember something came up and they were like, you are a super spreader. And I was like, what happened? They're like, you retweeted Jack Posobiec. And I was like, and what, what does that mean? Well, you spread soup misinformation and a super spreader because I got a lot of tweets. And I'm like, one time, one thing. But it is rather vague. You also are aware that I use something called NewsGuard. Why? Well, the logic is fairly obvious. NewsGuard rates websites with trust, determining whether or not you can believe what the news uh, outlet says. Okay. So here's my position. I started using NewsGuard because it's their bias metric. Apparently, they've received funding from the government. And uh, now we're trying to determine who is telling the truth and who is not. They, uh, uh, NewsGuard has lied about Timcast and misrepresented what we do. It's actually quite fascinating that they do this, but you know they do. And uh, for this reason, they're worthy of uh, criticism. But the issue now is that anybody who's basically anti-establishment, critical of vaccines, critical of of Democrats is often labeled dangerous fake news. And thus, there is a lawsuit from Consortium News against NewsGuard, which I will read, which is absolutely uh, fascinating in the past couple of weeks. Now, why do I use it? Because if I'm using news that says like Hunter Biden laptop, etc., and it's coming from a NewsGuard certified source. How are you going to call me misinformation or a super spreader? Blah, blah, blah. This actually ended up coming to a head in the most fascinating way when NewsGuard themselves claimed that TimCast.com published fake news, to which I responded with, here are two NewsGuard certified sources asserting it's true. Have a nice day. Boy, they didn't like that one. They went, uh, oopsie daisy, because if I can't trust your certifications, it destroys your entire narrative, doesn't it? Well, here's the game. Real Clear Wire says, NewsGuard, surrogate the Fed's pay to keep watch on the internet and be the judge of truth. Oh, yeah. So uh, I don't want to go too much into this because this is just kind of like a profile on NewsGuard, but they talk about how there was an attempt to basically sell this to Twitter in 2021. And now that there is a a lawsuit happening, they say instead of merely suggesting rebuttals to untrustworthy information, as many other existing anti-misinformation groups do, NewsGuard has built a business model out of broad labels that classify entire, classify entire news sites as safe or untrustworthy. Using an individual grading system producing what it calls nutrition labels. I want to say this. Recently, NewsGuard downgraded Timcast from 82.5%, I believe it was, to 69.5%. Because they claimed they reached out for some corrections and we didn't respond. That is not true. As far as I can tell, and according to my staff, they never did. A dirty game they play. When NewsGuard initially rated TimCast.com, their nutrition label, they call it, was so laden with insane errors, they had to issue multiple corrections and apologies in the span of a couple days. And to this day, their statements about me still have many inaccuracies, and they don't care, and they won't correct it. Critics note that such ratings are entirely subjective. Now, why does this matter? What this organization does is contact advertisers to get adver- to get money pulled, basically, like, don't advertise on these misinformation websites. Oh, yeah, that's defamation that directly impacts the revenue of a company. NewsGuard is going to get sued into oblivion. I can't imagine NewsGuard can exist. Sorry, I just don't think it can exist. There's one lawsuit so far, but I imagine you can't go up against everyone and win. What do we have? Okay, so basically anyone who's anti-establishment is getting negative ratings. The Federalist is at 12.5%. I do think Federalist has posted some fake news, for sure. But the New York Times has posted massive and tremendously influential fake news pertaining to Russiagate. How about the fire extinguisher hoax at, on January 6th? And they get a 100%. Oh, boy. You see where this is going. Critics notes that that the ratings are subjective. The New York Times, for example, which repeatedly carried false and partisan for partisan information, From anonymous sources during the Russiagate hoax, gets a 100% rating. Real Clear Investigations, which took heat in 2019 for unmasking the whistleblower in the first Trump impeachment, has an 80% rating. Independent news outlets like Anti-War is 49.5 and The Federalist 12.5. This is the best example here. Consortium News, independent investigative journalism and political review since 1995. NewsGuard says, proceed with caution, 47.5%. The website generally fails to maintain basic standards of accuracy and accountability. What does that mean? Well, according to Consortium News, it means that of the 30 plus thousand articles they've written, NewsGuard is concerned about six. I can attest to this. TimCast.com had at the time of initial review somewhere around 4000 articles for which we routinely issue corrections. And the concern was over, I think, five. Two of I think it was two that we issued direct clarifications, not outright corrections. One might have been a correction. One was a clarification that we thought, fair point. We'll clarify if you think it should be clarified. No issues there. And several of the articles, a couple of them that they'd issue with was that we quoted Donald Trump. That's right. What we had done is Donald Trump came out and said something where he was like, you know, as president, I did this and I did that. And we said Trump claims he did this and did that. And they said, the fact that you published Trump's statements without a fact check makes you irresponsible. And I said, we, what we what we posted was 100% factually correct in every way. We did not issue a fact check. We were letting people know that Trump had a rally where he said these things. People should know he's saying these things. I'm not doing a fact check on Trump. You can find someone who is. And they said, no, you have to. If you don't, we are going to strike your your your, your page, your website, and claim you're irresponsible. And so I said, OK, how about this? We will issue a fact check. And they said, too bad. The fact that you published them at all makes you irresponsible. And they refused to correct it. That's interesting, because what they're trying to do is take our money from us and make sure nobody wants to sponsor our website. That is directly attacking our bottom line. Here's consortium news. They said the U.S. states, gov- United States government and Internet watchdog NewsGuard were sued in federal court in Manhattan for First Amendment violations and defamation by the news organization Consortium for Independent Journalism, a nonprofit that publishes Consortium News. Consortium News' court filing charges the Pentagon Cyber Command, an element of the intelligence community, with contracting NewsGuard to identify, report, and abridge the speech of American media organizations that dissent from U.S. official positions on foreign policy. In the course of its contract with the Pentagon, NewsGuard is acting jointly or in concert with the U.S., to coerce news organizations to alter viewpoints. I believe that is 100% factually correct. We were coerced. Timcast.com was threatened, coerced, attacked, and assaulted by NewsGuard. They basically came to us and said, unless you put these things in your articles, we will do everything in our power to make sure advertisers don't give you money. I feel like that's blackmail. Because the things they're asserting are false. I'll prove it. Or I should say, for the sake of argument, I will give you my thoughts. And then should we uh, get to something in court, we'll provide the more direct proof. But the issue is simply this. As I mentioned, they made claims that we published false information about Hunter Biden and the laptop story and his work in Ukraine, despite the fact that our sources were news outlets that were certified by NewsGuard themselves, including the New York Post, the Daily Mail. Not to mention some of the things we said were, were, were confirmed by the New York Times, and they told us we had to change it. And I said, but this comes from your certified sources. You see, they immediately backed down. But then when it came to a business practice, fact check Donald Trump or else. Our company was put in the position of. But we were factually correct in what we reported. Doesn't matter. They will take your advertising revenue by threatening and defaming you and lying about you unless you do as as, as they say. I believe that's that's extortion. Imagine going to a news outlet saying I am going to interfere with your business practice, tortious interference, unless you say what I demand you say. Wow, that's not a free press. But now that we're learning, the Pentagon has actually contracted NewsGuard. We now know this is a large component of the U.S. efforts, the government efforts to suppress information they don't like. They say the First Amendment rights of all American, uh, American media are threatened with this arrangement with the Defense Department to defame and abridge the speech of U.S. media groups. When media groups are condemned by the government as anti-U.S. and accused of publishing false content because they disagree with U.S. policies, the result is self-censorship. They say, a uh, uh, correction, it was not 30,000, it was 20,000. NewsGuard uses its software to tag targeted news sites, including all 20,000-plus consortium articles and videos published in 1995 with warnings to proceed with caution telling subscribers that Consortium News produces disinformation. It's not just about their subscribers, it's about advertising agencies. And they say, even though NewsGuard only took issue with a total of six articles and none of its videos. This is why I believe we must, every single one of uh, all, the, all the outlets, should be filing lawsuits against NewsGuard. And uh, I'd like to hear what Consortium News is is working on. I'd like to contact any, including leftist publications, and say, Let us not allow the U.S. government to contract with a private company to lie, smear and defame anyone who disagrees with them. And for that, you can take a look, especially at the vaccine and medical debate, that what what is happening with NewsGuard is that if the government says it, it's true. But that's not how reality works. If journalists are supposed to challenge those in power, that means often the government and the media will be at odds with each other. But if NewsGuard simply asserts that when it comes to medical facts, the government is always right, then they are effectively working as an arm of the government to suppress dissent. And for this, we all, everyone's got to sue. Everyone's got to shut down. Why? It's not just about this one company. It's about any company that would ever try to do something like this. They say NewsGuard's labeling of Consortium News as publishing false content is challenged in detail uh, in this substantial complaint. The suit comes at a time when many in Congress and elsewhere have charged the U.S. government with using private entities and Internet platforms as proxies to suppress free speech. And they've done it. So I'm not super familiar with Consortium, but shout out to the lawsuit they're filing. And more and more companies are starting to stand up and call them out for being an arm of the intelligence agencies. Now, early on, I liked NewsGuard. And I said, let's, you know, for the the reasons outlined earlier, I will use them. And then NewsGuard decided to lie about me. And I said, Hold on. Every article I use in all of my videos is NewsGuard certified. And if that's the case, why are accusing why are you accusing me of being irresponsible? Because they are politically motivated, evil people who are not interested in what's true. They're interested in silencing dissent. Ah, now you get it. Now I'll still use NewsGuard certified sources for that point. So that when even NewsGuard tries to claim we're lying, I'll have to just point to their own certified sources. Sorry, you said these sources were good, so I used them. Now you're mad? Oh, yeah, they backed down on that one really quickly, realizing if they tried to assert that their certifications are no good, what are you going to do about it? So let's see. If uh, Real Clear Investigations is rated at, Real Clear Politics is rated 80%, and in one of their investigations, they expose you for misinformation. Uh Oh, you see, the system is impossible to maintain and it should be destroyed. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast IRL. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. This is the way the way forward for women's sports. We got two big stories. Female boxer withdraws from competition after being matched against male fighter. So the story is rather, uh, rather simple. With, an, with about an hour to go before the fight. Her coach comes up and says. You're going to be fighting a male. And she goes. No I won't. I'm out. So they give the championship to the male. We have another story. A female pool player. Billiards. Took a lag shot it's called. Started the match and then said. I refuse to compete against you. You're male. These are women's sporting events. Now, a lot of people have pointed out, but billiards, pool, as we call it colloquially, I don't know what people call it, whatever you want. Uh, a lot of people are like, but men can compete against uh, women and, you know, women, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters is there are divisions. And certainly in billiards, I'd argue it matters probably a bit less, but I'm sure there are still components that matter than, say, fighting. But the idea is if you enter a sporting event under certain rules, and the rules are changed out from under under you, then by all means say, these are not what we agreed to. And you have violated rules. In fact, I think these people should sue for breach of contract. I don't know what that contract may be. But if the argument is it's a women's division, and they want to make the argument that males can fight in it, now you've got some real interesting questions to be asked. This is a story from Redux. They say, a female boxer withdrew from a provincial championship in Quebec, after learning that her opponent was biologically male, leading to him winning the competition by default. Dr. Katia Bissonnette of Saguenay says she was matched against transgender fighter Maya Walmsley with no notice. The 2023 Provincial Golden Glove Championship took place October 27th to 29th in Victoriaville, Quebec, hosted by the Quebec Boxing Federation, in collaboration with the KO 96 Boxing Club. But the tournament which intended to give novices the opportunity to qualify for the Canadian Championship in December, attracted controversy after Bissonette announced her withdrawal. Speaking to Redux, Bissonette, who works as a psychologist in jean probably pronouncing it wrong, explained that she learned Walmsley was male one hour before she was set to step in the ring. I came down from my hotel room to head towards the room where all the boxers were warming up. My coach suddenly took me aside and told me he received information by text message which she had then validated that my opponent was not a woman by birth. We did not have any other additional information. While information on Walmsley is limited, Bissonnette says, uh, says he has absolutely no history fighting against uh, Bissonnette, she, she says, wait, wait, oh, says he, oh, okay, they're referring to the, 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 the male, has no history fighting against women in Canadian tournaments, suggesting his identification into women's sports was recent. Walmsley is originally from Australia, but moved to Canada around two years ago to attend Concordia University. Walmsley would have boxed as a man in Australia, Bissonette says in Quebec on his file. It is mentioned that he had zero fights as a woman. So the issue and concern here in that instance is that a male was going to box a female. Sorry, look, I think we should have transport leagues where, you know, this female, if she wants to box against a male, you have to notify her well in advance, right? This is my view. There was a viral story about a trans hockey league. And a bunch of conservatives were mocking it, saying, like, men shouldn't compete against women. I'm like, wait, 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 no, 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 no. You shouldn't trick or manipulate or withhold information. If a biological female is told she is entering the all gender league, which means she might fight males or females and she chooses to, awesome. That's what it's all about. And they can, people can compete against whoever they want to. The problem is, you have a woman's division where female fighters and athletes are told it is only female. And then at the last minute, they say, by the way, we've changed the rules and you are no longer in the league you think you are. Imagine if, considering that males have more muscle, uh, more collagen, more bone density, more muscle mass, the striking power is a lot higher and better grip. Imagine if it wasn't an issue of gender, it was an issue of weight. This is the point. A lot of people point out, look, there's weight classes for a reason. So if, so if they both weigh 150, what's the problem? Because there's other factors at play. Imagine if someone said, I want to fight in the featherweight division. And then they said, you got it. And the last minute said, oh, you're fighting the heavyweight. He'd be like, what? I'm going to get clobbered. I'm not doing that. That's basically what it is. It is not just about weight class, collagen, bone density, muscle mass. These things matter. Now we have this player. Uh, this is Lynn Pinches. Forfeited a tournament finale on Sunday because she refused to face her trans opponent, has claimed she did so out of fairness as her son hails her the champ. Well, bravo. Pinches seated the final of the Women's Champions uh, women's Champions of Champions Pool Tournament over the weekend in Denbigshire, Wales, where she was due to play Harriet Haynes. Pinches took her lag shot to officially start the encounter, but soon after shook hands with Haynes and the referee packed her away and left the arena. Uh, uh, what is it? Pontins in Prestaton? Is that a, the arena? Haynes was left surprised, but ultimately took the crown. With Pinches finishing the runner, up with, uh, the runner up as a result of her decision, although her son has been quick to praise her decision. Since her bold statement to retire from what was just her fourth ever final, Pinches has spoken out on her decision, claiming that she made the statement on the fairness of allowing trans athletes to compete against natal females. Natal females. I love that. You mean just females in general? Because this is a male, not a female. Walking out was the toughest thing I've ever had to do in the game in my life. I've played 30 years, and I've never even conceded so much as a frame. Never mind a match. This was only my fourth final ever, but the trophy or money meant nothing to me without fairness. And that's what I said to the tournament director afterwards. I don't care about the money or the title or the trophy. I care about fairness. If they hadn't done that U-turn, we wouldn't be here right now. We were also elated when they originally said we were going to have a strict category for biological females. Pinches was quick to add. That her withdrawal was not done with the intention of causing hurt to the trans community, nor to embarrass anyone, but that she felt women were being humiliated by having to face trans athletes. And I agree. You know why? It's a contractual violation spitting in the face of those who are in the sport. They're basically saying to women's sports, your contracts are garbage to us. Anything you've ever agreed to is garbage to us. They are insulting women's sports. Now, by all means. You want to make the argument that you would like to induct trans people, then you need to have a direct contractual alteration. Let me put it this way, as I stated before with like boxing. But if someone said we are going to have you do a job, you are going to be lifting these bricks and moving them from point A to point B and we'll pay you X to do it. I'd say, all right, let's go. Then one day you show up and they say, oh, by the way, it's now gold bars. I'd say, wait, wait, wait hold on. That's not what we agreed on. You've changed the parameters of which my job is supposed to be. And they say, well, you know, we're not we're going to do it anyway. And you're a bigot. If you what, what, what gold is way denser and heavier than just like a brick. Doesn't matter. All that matters is this. I don't care what the terms are. If you alter a contract in any direction, these parties have a right to challenge you for this breach. This woman is competing for 30 years. She's made four finals. You can't change the parameters of the tournament without people agreeing to it. If women want to compete against trans uh, uh, identified males, then by all means they can. But if the women's division is formulated around specific contractual agreements, changing that is, a I, I believe everyone should be suing. They're going to say guidance from the English Pool Association dictates that trans athletes should be allowed to play in informal matches and pool competitions facing no further verification of their sex than any other player. Part of Pinch's frustration stems from the fact that pool players were given assurances that non-binary and trans players would not play against females, only for the World 8-Ball Pool Federation and Ultimate Pool Group to then U-Turn last month. The 50-year-old based in Norwich told The Telegraph that going teetotal three years ago had sparked a run of brilliant form and was offered a professional spot after reaching a top 20 ranking. Oh wow, drinking was bad. That's the first time in my career that I've been asked, and I'd, I'd I'd paid 200 for the spot. But when they did a U-turn, I got my money back, she added. My trust has just gone out the window. You see? There you go. She got her money back. Good. Pinch's decision to see the final of the tournament was a popular one inside the arena, with many fans heard cheering and shouts of yes, Lynn, were audible from the footage of the event. It has also proven to be a popular decision on social media. After her son posted a picture of Pinches with the caption, the champ, a number of accounts messaged their support. I would like to say the top female pool player in the champion of champions is Pinches because the, component, the opponent was male. We had this uh, with Taylor Silverman. She was competing in a bunch of contests and she lost to males. And so we gave her the top female division check covering the difference that she would have won from these contests were it not for the male she was competing against. And my point is simply this. If the competition is for the best female skateboarder, then the prize money should be awarded to the top female skateboarder. If a male wants to compete, that's fine. But they're not the top woman or top female. This is an absurdity. And it is, in my opinion, breaking the contractual agreements we have when it comes to women's sports. We do not have women's sports because sometimes people wear dresses. End of story. We have women's sports because males and females are biologically different. Altering your body in a certain way does not make you qualify for anything else. If, uh, imagine this. Imagine this. How about we play this game? You have an African-American scholarship. So a dude goes to the doctor and gets skin pigmentation done and then says, now I qualify. Is that what makes someone black? No, there's a lot more that goes into it. We wouldn't allow that, would we? So I'm not going to tolerate any of these arguments. Shout out to the women who are refusing to participate in these abrupt changes. I have tremendous respect. Now, fighting is substantially worse than uh, uh, playing pool. But, you know, same thing goes. It is going to be up to the female athletes to boycott these events. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.
3: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.